From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip you and your team and strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. On the show today, we are talking all about the three core values that are foundational of a care ministry. These are belonging, purpose, and hope. And I believe that these three tenets are seen in Jesus's ministry. They are found in best practice counseling methods, and decades of research show that they are the basic human needs for flourishing. When you build your care ministry and ensure that your programs and and ministries strengthen these core values, you create a ministry that is pointing people to Jesus. You're utilizing effective strategies that support people's well-being, and you are strengthening your community and building disciples. But before we start, I want to make sure you know about a free resource that I offer. It's a downloadable guide called Three Steps to Building a Sustainable Care Ministry. This is a 17-page guide that outlines the steps I recommend taking when you are reviving or starting to build a care ministry. And you can find this at hopemadestrong.org slash care ministry. Every time I speak with a church about building or strengthening their care ministry, we start with three core values, belonging, purpose, and hope. It doesn't matter if the care your church offers is done by senior leadership, deacons, volunteers, or if you have an established care ministry department. Regardless if the church I work with has a large, medium, or small congregation, each one says the same thing to me we don't have enough resources to meet all the needs of our congregation. We don't have the funds, the volunteers, or the tools to meet the growing needs and the complex issues that our people are facing. This can feel really overwhelming. It's natural to want to meet the needs and solve the problems for the people that you love and serve, especially when people are coming to you expectantly and desperate for help. But let me take that pressure off of you right away. You can't be all things to all people. No organization can. It's impossible. So take a deep breath and know that there will be situations, circumstances that you cannot fix or you can't solve. But this doesn't mean that you can't provide support. You see, there's this natural tendency to feel that the only way we can help is to fix or solve the problem that people bring to us. We need to feed the hungry or find housing for the homeless, counsel the hurting. And while all these things are real needs, these are the only way that you can help. After working 15 years in the community mental health sector, supporting those who are homeless, struggling with addiction and mental illness, I have learned that despite all the complex layers of needs, the core needs that people have can be boiled down to three things, belonging, purpose, and hope. As a church, you might not be able to find housing for people or support people through the recovery process or offer trauma counseling, but you can most definitely offer people the core need of belonging, purpose, and hope. Now, I'm not undermining the need to clothe, feed, and support people in more tangible ways. I am a huge advocate of the local church being a safe place where people can find these practical supports. 
And I think verses like Romans 12, 13, Matthew 25, 45, Luke 10, 3, James 2, 14, and dozens more demonstrate that being a follower of Christ means we live generously and meet people's basic needs without any strings attached as a way to show God's unconditional love and goodness. But if those actions are done without the church being intentional and also offering belonging, purpose, and hope, they will be isolated actions, meeting a very real need, but not likely to bear fruit. I've been a part of many outreaches where we made significant contribution to the community, but check back three months later, and that event was a great memory, but no souls were saved, no families were added to the church. Now, I'm not recommending that every outreach is used to bring people to into the church or grow the church or even, you know, have this sense of manipulation into salvation. But what I'm saying is that the church is capable of support more than just meeting practical needs. In fact, I think the church is better suited to offer belonging, purpose, and hope than any other organization. And if we aren't intentional about meeting these needs, the outreaches will be wonderful contributions to the community and nothing more. You see, belonging, purpose, and hope is meeting the core need within a person. It's what every person is looking for. The other week, I was watching our small town Christmas parade, and I noticed that the majority of the floats were of clubs and associations. I mean, is it even a parade if there aren't any grown men riding small cars, like in the Shriners clubs. I don't know, maybe that might be just a small town thing, but a parade is not a parade unless the Shriners are there. But I noticed that float after float, there were clubs, association, groups represented that offer people a place to belong. There has been a ton of research done on the human need for relationships and belonging has been identified as one of the most important needs that humans must fulfill along with food and shelter. Researchers Roy Bomeister and Mark Leary said that satisfying the belongingness motive requires that two aspects of relationships be met. The first part is that people need to have positive and pleasant, not negative, interactions with others. The second part specifies that these interactions cannot be random, but rather they should take place as part of a stable, long-lasting relationship in which people care about each other's long-term health and well-being. Is this not what the church is all about? A community of people that encourage, uplift, and support one another. So often we call the church our family, meaning that we care for each other's long-term health and well-being. Bowmeister and Leary's description of what would meet one of the most primary human needs is pretty much a description of what the local church is. The need for relationships is clear throughout the Bible as well, both the need for relationship with Christ and with one another. From the beginning, God identified that it's not good for man to be alone and created woman to partner together in the work of tending to the garden. Proverbs 27.17 shares wisdom of the benefits of sharpening one another, and Hebrews 10.24-25 exhorts us not to neglect the coming of together and to stir one another up in love. But the Bible also specifically identifies that all are welcome and belong to the family. Galatians 3.28 and Romans 1 and 2 Corinthians 5.17 tell us that regardless of your background or your past, you are accepted and belong to Christ. And 1 Corinthians 12.13 not only says that you belong, but also that your uniqueness is a gift to the whole family. People will find food, shelter, therapy from many organizations, but they will not find belonging. The immediate needs might be met, 
They're able to navigate past traumas, but their therapist will retire or move. The food bank may offer immediate needs, but they're not equipped to be a place of belonging, one of the most important core needs that we have. If the church became intentional at being a safe place where people belong, regardless of where they came from, their past struggles they're facing, you, would ha- you wouldn't have enough seats to hold them all. And this is what people say they want for their church, but we get busy with other things. I would encourage you to look at your ministry and programs from ushers, greeters to groups and see where you can be intentional at creating a culture of belonging. In the show notes, I link to an article that offers some practical strategies for creating a sense of belonging. The second core value that is a foundation for care ministry is purpose. Having a sense of purpose, meaning, and seeing that your identity is valuable and that you can contribute to something greater than yourself has shown that it benefits that it benefits your mental health, your physical health, and your relationships. Purpose is a fundamental component of a fulfilling life. One way to look at the importance of the need to have purpose is to consider what happens when the need is unmet. There's been a lot written about the need for those who are entering retirement to have a new purpose or goal to make the transition easier. You would think that a lifetime of working and having purpose is enough, but that's not the case. Purpose is linked with identity and the need to feel a part of something bigger than ourselves. When this is lost, or perhaps someone didn't even have it in the first place, they are susceptible to anxiety and depression and are at a higher risk of having health concerns. People crave purpose, and research has found that people with a strong sense of purpose are better able to handle the ups and downs of life. Purpose can act as a protective barrier against life's challenges. For example, a person with a strong sense of purpose remains satisfied with life even while experiencing a difficult day. And while there is life coaching and career counseling and therapy available to help people find purpose within themselves, the church offers purpose, meaning, and identity in God. In my career, I have worked within a secular organization, and I had to be mindful not to misuse my position when speaking to people about their faith. I would talk about what people's current belief system is and ask questions on how it supported their life, ensuring that my conversations remained neutral and I was not proselytizing. One conversation I remember having with someone, they were struggling with their identity and finding meaning in their life. I asked if they had a faith belief and they identified that they were Christian, but have disengaged. I followed up with questions about how their faith beliefs supported their sense of meaning and identity. And the change that I heard in their voice and saw in their posture was incredible. Just remembering back to a time when they engaged with their faith and community brought them brought that person a significant amount of encouragement and purpose. As God creation, our purpose is in knowing him and making him known. And as believers, there is a lifetime of meaning in this work. Through the journey of knowing him, we discover that he has created us with amazing gifts. We are strengthened knowing that we are created on purpose and for a purpose. Our identity isn't dependent on what we do, but on who Christ is. Our value isn't contingent on our record of good deeds, but on Christ, and we are accepted as children of God. I believe that the foundation of care ministry is seeing every person as someone with skills, gifts, and purpose, and helping them discover them and finding fulfillment in walking them out, knowing Jesus and making him known. And for some of you, this probably sounds a lot like discipleship, but that's because I think there is a ton of overlap in what people call care ministry and what others call discipleship. 
We are walking alongside people as they navigate who they are in Christ and overcoming struggles and strongholds. The third foundational value of care ministry, and probably the most well-known, is hope. As caregivers, we often find ourselves as caretakers of hope. When people are suffering, they often don't have the capacity to hold onto hope as they wade through their difficult emotions. So we hold the hope for them, supporting them and walking alongside them until they are able to pick that hope back up. This function of being the caretakers of hope happens in many relationships. Friends and family are often hope caretakers, and I know many nurses and teachers who are also gifted in holding hope for people as they grieve or suffer. As a clinician, holding space or being a caretaker of hope is a high honor. While many of these other roles function as holders of hope and offer encouragement, they cannot be givers of hope. As Christians, our hope is in Christ. As ministry caregivers, we can be both the holders of hope and invite people to look to God as the giver of hope. Having hope in Christ doesn't remove life's struggles, but it gives us hope in something bigger— The local church offers hope that is not fallible and is not dependent on people or systems. No other organization or association is able to offer this level of hope because as we know, Jesus is our only hope. Everett Worthington has been researching hope for over 40 years and has found that hope offers not only the encouragement of an expected outcome, but by simply having hope, other areas of life are positively impacted. Those that have had hope throughout their life has had, have had better physical health, better health behaviors, better social supports, and longer life. Hope has led to fewer chronic health problems, less depression, and less anxiety, and a lowered risk of cancer. Most organizations encourage people to summon internal hope, or search for positive messages to inspire hope, or to point to small developments and growth as evidence that there is hope that life will improve. And research shows that these practices of finding hope greatly improves one's life. But how much more will learning about the infallible hope of Christ? When we think of care ministry, we often think of pastoral counseling, groups, or benevolence, or even prayer teams. And while these are fantastic vehicles for offering care, the care itself happens wherever belonging, purpose, and hope are offered. Care is not limited to these traditional vehicles. To limit care to these cookie-cutter programs and curriculums does not consider the incredible impact that is offered in so many other church ministries. Every church has unique strengths, resources, and each community has a different culture. To limit care to happen only in programs or curriculums is so limiting. Anything that intentionally strengthens belonging, purpose, and hope in your church is offering care because these are the foundational values of care and these are the strengths that the church can offer. God knew what he was doing when he created us to have these innate needs of flourishing and he modeled the local church to perfectly suit these needs and meet these needs. If your church does nothing more than build into people's sense of belonging, help them discover their purpose and offer them hope, then your church is doing an exceptional job at caring for your people. If you're looking to re-examine your care ministry this year, or you're struggling to navigate how to meet the demands of your people and your community, and would like customized support in strengthening and growing your church's care ministry, I'd love to connect with you. 
You can start by booking a free discovery call at hopemadestrong.org. Then we're going to connect over Zoom and chat about your unique needs. My passion is to strengthen and equip the local church with resources and strategies to care for your community without burning out. So head over to hopemadestrong.org and book a free discovery call. Thanks for listening. I encourage you to put what you've heard into action today. How are you going to be intentional about building a culture of care, both for yourself and for others in your church? If you've been enjoying the podcast, do you mind doing me a favor? Would you be able to write a quick review so that allows others to see and access the podcast more easily? And if you wanted to be reminded when an episode goes live, make sure you follow. Thanks for connecting. Take care.